just a bunch of witty banter. Good play, Papa. Hey, I'll equip, you'll have equip, we'll both have equip. What's up, guys? This is Witty Banter, episode number 31. Yes, sir. I'm your host, Chase Williams. To my right is the producer and the seducer, Hunter Dorsett. As always. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Now, if you're a little bit worried because we didn't put an episode out last week, all I got to say is sorry. We were too busy having a great time that weekend. Yeah, we, it was just kind of a, a lot of events strung together that, you know, we kind of put the, the banner on the back burner. What's funny is we actually recorded an episode 31. There's an episode 31, there's a file floating around out there somewhere. <laughs> it's in my computer. Yeah, and in 50 years, when they're trying to erect bronze statues of us, <laughs> they're going to find that file, and it's going to be like the most awesome B-side banter of all People time. are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's so rare. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe Put it on a vinyl. It's so freaking rare. So every... Every episode we review a beer, right? Yes, sir. And as we explained in episode 31, the one you didn't hear, <laughs> we have a theme for October. Oh, and yeah. that theme is pumpkin beers. Yes, sir. When I think of October, I think of pumpkins. As do I. And um, we're going to capitalize on that because here, there, this is the last month of the season of pumpkin beers. Yeah, there's not that many times of the year where you're like, hmm, let's go have a pumpkin beer. But October is like the month. It's, it's like... Uh, it's like Pumpkin Beer Awareness Month. <laughs> we got ribbons on. You know? All the NFL are dressing well, up. Well, we're with... orange. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, the Longhorns are the biggest supporters yes, of Pumpkin Month. They probably brew their own pumpkin ale. I'm sure they do. That's before OU, hopefully. You know, God, get them I... feeling good and liquid courage. We need something for that game. We need some courage. We need something. The banter house has been feeling a lot of disappointment recently. Seriously, dude. In the, in the football dude? realm. It's just like all of our team, and especially... So we're huge Texans fans. Yes, sir. You can tell by our Texans uh, little memorabilia back there. Schwink. Boop. And now, because we're both from Houston. Oh, yeah. And, dude, we just had two heartbreaking losses, one after the other. We had two heartbreaking Texans losses, and then we had two pretty annoying UT losses yep. as well, just straight in a row. So both of our teams kind of pooping on our faces uh, recently, but, you know. We the still Texans, support them. Yeah, the te- we still support them. The Texans games are actually still have been awesome. They've been really good games. So I'm not disappointed there. But. Yeah, they've at least been entertaining. Yeah. Okay, so before we start reviewing this beer, I do want to go ahead and mention the beer that we reviewed on the last episode that they won't get to hear, just okay. so we can still have it in the running. Mm-hmm. So last week, we uh, we reviewed a beer called Wick for Brains Yes. Um, from the Nebraska Brewing Company. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but let's go ahead and sum up what we thought of that beer so we can have something to go off of mm-hmm. at the end of the month when we're ready to decide our favorite one. Yeah, that one was uh, a little bit of a lighter one. I think that it was it was fairly filtered, right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't really get as much of a pumpkin kick as I thought I would get. I ended up giving it a 6.5 on Hunter the, the sode. summed it up perfectly, and he said it basically tasted like a light beer that was pumpkin-flavored. Yeah. And um, I completely agree with that. It still had a lot of the spices in it, but not too much pumpkin, and most of the flavor came from the smell. That being said, I gave it a 7.5 originally. I'm going to knock that down to a 7. Okay. I spoke way too soon. Follow my lead. So I'm going to go ahead and use the tarvin here and start busting open our new beer. So we've got in front of us the beer that we're going to be reviewing today, and that is the Imperial Pumpkin, which is, <laughs> which is a, a dope name. Yeah, from the Southern Tier Brewing Company. Um, I've seen Southern Tier around. I really haven't drank in many of their beers. And honestly, the fact that I kind of see them and don't drink them 
made me have this weird thing in my mind where I thought maybe they weren't good. Yeah, I'm not really understanding why you had a, dispos- a predisposition toward this beer. It's really weird. I think it's just, like, I don't know, it's something where I just would look at them and be like, nah, every time. <laughs> I don't know why. But I was looking up online, and a bunch of people were saying this pumpkin beer is the way to go. Okay, well, so I'm down. We're going to go ahead and get started on it. Now, you just poured it up. How's it looking to you? So, um, it looks... Fairly filtered. If I was going to give it on a filtered scale, I'd give it like a five. Like, I feel like I could see through some of it, but if I put my hand behind it, I can barely make out the edges of my fingers. Um, and that might be because of all the extra spices and stuff they put in it. Yeah. You know. The uh, the head is small, not not a huge head or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Light bubbling. Oh. Laundry's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so as far as aesthetically, it's you know like a kind of like a honey color. It looks like honey almost. It smells great. Yeah. Um, I just got my first whiff. It doesn't. Ooh, pump- it's, yeah. Pumpkiny. Dude. It's very pumpkiny. It's yeah. not. It it doesn't go with the spices first. It already smells like pumpkin pie. Okay. And honestly, like a little vanilla too, which I'm enjoying. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm always down for vanilla. Now, have you gotten a, a chance to take a sip yet? Actually, he's doing that right now. How you feeling? Wow. <laughs> wow. It's like a pumpkin cream kind of Holy beer. shit. Dude, that's like what you're oh, looking for. Oh, man. That's what Chase has been looking for, I think. I'm feeling good about this one. <laughs> Chase is happy. Chase is getting excited. <laughs> that's good, dude. It's really good. It's really, it's like, it's what you'd expect out of a pumpkin beer. Like, if someone's going to say they're going to brew a pumpkin ale, this is like what I'm thinking I'm going to drink. This is great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy this. I think you calling it a pumpkin cream is perfect. It's like super smooth and easy to drink. The pumpkin is what is really there on the forefront. The aftertaste is just like a hint of spice, almost like the crust of a yeah, pumpkin the pie. Yeah, the pumpkin pie crust was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. We're on the same page, yes, dude. We We're always finishing each other's sentences. Sandwiches? Sandwiches. Sandwiches. All right, well, uh, first impressions. I, I kind of like how what I want to start doing in the show is giving more of our exposition on the beer in the halftime. Because okay. it always is sort of colder in the beginning. Yeah. But our first impression is definitely a positive one. Right, yeah. I mean, you can't negate the first impressions. It's always going to be there. <laughs> so are you ready to hop right into the business? I'm ready to hop, scop, to doop, doop. <laughs> well, I don't even know how to back that up. <laughs> I'm going to let you lead the way on that one then. All right, well, this is Witty Banter. All right, before I get started, uh, I'll let you go first, but before you get started, this isn't a really a news story. I just thought this was funny, and I wanted to share it with the Banter Nation. But okay. Guardians of the Galaxy is opening um, today in China. Okay. And this is the running title for Guardians of the Galaxy. This is what the movie is called in China. Interplanetary Unusual Attacking Team. <laughs> I was just like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever Interplanetary heard. Interplanetary unusual attacking team? It's like as descriptive <laughs> and straightforward to the point I've ever seen. I just thought that was too Thank good. Thank you, Chinese, and your, and your, your ingenuity. Yes, your interpretations. All right, well, go ahead and tee up the ball and blast us well, off yeah, here. Yeah, let me go tee it up. And... So our first news item that we're going to talk about is going back to Elon Musk and his Tesla. Thank God. I just want to hear more about this guy so, all the time. Today is an exciting day, actually, Chase. You know why, <laughs> Tell me why. Do you know why today is an exciting day? No Because idea. Elon Musk and the Tesla company are actually going to debut their new version, uh, or their new model, which is called the P85D. 
Today. Yes. Okay. Tonight, tonight. Tell me about this new model. In LA. So this is what's going on. He's been super secretive about this thing. Cool. Right? Um, he got in- interviewed at Vanity Fair's new establishment summit lately, or, or recently. And he was given little breadcrumbs mm-hmm. about it. He's but he's playing with us. But at the same time, he's so smart that he didn't really give anything away. Yeah. So um, some of the internet guesses that were going on with this new model of the car were um, a dual motor engine, all-wheel drive functionality, or even autonomous driving. And wait, Elon wait, wait, Musk... Wait. Autonomous driving, so no driver. Is that what you're saying? I think that that's what they're. That's what the article said, and I think that's what they're getting at. What was the one before that? I'm sorry. All-wheel drive functionality. Okay, cool. So Musk actually broached those guesses and was like, they are directionally correct, but they don't appreciate the magnitude of the actual innovations that are in the car. Right. Of course. And um, what a Regarding Smooth one of the speaking badass. Yeah, right. God. <laughs> regarding one of the features that are supposed to be on there, he said one of the things is already there. People just don't realize it yet. So, whenever we hear that, we kind of think, well, he's gonna have multiple tricks up his sleeve, and yeah. one and some of them. One of them is already like on the car, and it's like they've showed certain prototypes of the mo- of the car, but people just don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. I think. And then there's other gonna be just random things that are he's gonna pull out of his sleeve that are gonna be awesome as well. So that's actually going to happen in L.A. tonight okay. when he's debuting it with you know the as the CEO of of Tesla. God, he's so cool. And um, one of the rumors in the rumor mill was spawned by Electric, which is like an electric car company magazine or something or article writer, and they said that they believe that Tesla is going to have a dual motor engine in this new Tesla model. Mm-hmm. And that they will be able to reach from zero to sixty in under three seconds. Wow! Which would put it in the range of Bugatti, Ferrari, and <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> That's Chase's excited car noise. I just want to say, going back to like his sort of secretive language, saying you know those little terms don't even scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. What it sounds like is like, yeah, you're describing a car like you describe all the other cars. You <laughs> said four-wheel drive and whatever. But guess what? We got technology in he- technologies in here that you've never seen before. That's what I'm hoping, dude. I'm hoping that th- like tonight, actually, what he unveils changes how we view electric cars, oh. man. How cool would that be? I think it's... Completely plausible, and I think the Tesla has already done that in a way. The time is nigh. The time is nigh. <laughs> Bring us the electric cars. Draw henceforth get the Teslas. Your, get your pitchforks, and we'll find every diesel motor out there, <laughs> and we'll take it to the swamp, and we'll drown it in said swamp. Talk about this diesel motor right here. Diesel motor. Bro, diesel. Well, that's awesome, man. Is that the... Uh, is that the tail end of the story it's the there? The story, so I'm going to whop it around to you. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and take it. Uh, so this first little news story I'm coming actually started as a question that was sent in by none other than T.D. Williams. Oh, hell yeah. The life giver Dude. of not only me, <laughs> but of witty banter. You are from his loins. Seriously. I am just basically a fraction of the greatness that is T.D. Williams. <laughs> I'd agree with that. He's the golden sun, and I'm the moon that gets eclipsed, basically. <laughs> well put. But T.D., um, he emailed a question in at wittybantershow.com. No, wittybantershow at gmail.com, just like you can. And uh, he basically gave me a link to this very short study that was done that compared Luminosity, that brain training program that we see commercials for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, comparing that with entertainment-based video games, so video games like you and I play. Hmm. Um, specifically, the video game they used was Portal 2. Okay. And they wanted to measure the effect of those two things on brain neuroplasticity. 
So basically, a couple researchers at Florida State University did a short experiment where gamers would play eight hours of Portal 2, and another set of gamers would play eight hours of Luminosity. Okay. Um, and then after the playtime, the subjects would do standard cognitive skills tests, um, and it was found that Portal 2 players did better than the Lumo- Luminosity players every time. And not only that, but Luminosity players never improved on their test scores. <laughs> wow. Um, this is just false advertising, or geez, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure Luminosity does something, and I, this this research pr- thing that they did doesn't really leave a lot of room for interpretation. But what I why I wanted to bring it up is that I think that just leads lends um, credence to how important video games can be to like developing a child's brain, right? Yeah, and how. I think I the large part of the reason why I have the skills that I have today are from video games, mm-hmm. and I am for sure going to raise my child on video games. Right. And they also mentioned in the study how um, Portal 2 was using a lot more complex concepts right off the bat, and they got harder and harder, where Luminosity was still using these very baby, like basic things. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think the study is a little unfair. I, think, I do too. I think Luminosity bit. is kind of meant for maybe people who... I think it's been for like older people on a long-term basis, kind of. Yeah, and like not ma- almost like maintaining, you know. Exactly, and like, not only that to say that like you can't say video games are better than Luminosity because Luminosity technically are games. Like they yeah. they use games to um, try and get you to feel like you're you know, get your brain get juices your brain going, juices basically. Flowing. But I just think it's awesome that we have one more piece of evidence. Not that we even need another one because I think it should be common knowledge now that games are good for the brain right and that's excites me i think that regarding that i mean you know you're talking about how a lot of the skills that you learned you felt like were through video games and how you'd like to teach your kids about that i think that that's great um the only thing i would say is make sure that they have other things that are contributing to their life outside of it you know like as long as as long as they're not booked up in a room and doing that you know 20 hours a day. Yeah, well, you know, too much of anything's a bad thing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like I feel like video games is almost the easiest thing to get sucked into, you know, as far as just like making that what you do. And so right. if you are able to kind of like get, you know, fully immerse yourself in that game for, you know, 3 or 4 hours and then back out of it. Some people say that's even too long. Three yeah. or four hours. Yeah. One maybe, to two. Maybe less. You know? But, uh, you know, if you're able to kind of immerse yourself and then be like, okay, it is just a video game, you know? Yeah. I think that that's kind of a big thing as far as you being able to take stuff from it and then apply it to real life. Witty banter know? is all about balance in life. Moderation and balance. Okay, Kimosabi. It's called the yin and, yin and yang. Go ahead and lead us on to the next news story, my I, brother. I shall. And you're going to be really excited about this one. Oh, I'm already excited from the last one. <laughs> this is not fair. But this one was like almost specifically for you. <laughs> Let's go. The uh, title of this news article is Chipotle Goes Beyond Burritos. Oh, man. Okay. So Chase has a huge hard-on for Chipotle, if you didn't know. He ate it almost every other I meal. Actually, you know, I used to despise Chipotle for you a hated while. hated it. But then whenever somebody taught me that you can ask them to mix it up and you won't have to eat an entire bite of cheese. Yeah, you um, hear that, you know. Chris Carter? That's Chris Carter's number one reason for not liking Chipotle. He's like, because of every sections. time I get it, it's like a bite of rice and a bite of but meat. Dude, that's a valid thing, and that's it, why I didn't like it. Two things. One, I tell him, just like you do, mix it up. <laughs> two, all you got to do is take your burrito and move it 90 degrees and bite this way. <laughs> Come on! It's a grid, bro. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, yeah, so I actually didn't like Chipotle either, and now I like it. But uh, so Chipotle has garnered this reputation and this following. They have sixteen hundred chain or sixteen hundred restaurants now. Hmm. Um, but they are now planning on opening a South 
East Asian diner. Okay. And a p- and pizzeria outlets. Oh my god. And they are both <laughs> oh going to be god. kind of set up in the same way. They're going to be like um, you approach a assembly line style. Yeah, it, w- I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's like a yeah, Specific you go up to the line, you go up to the line, you can choose they're going to be using largely organic ingredients, naturally raised meats, mm-hmm. all these kinds of things and you get to customize it however way you want. And um, the thing about um, the Southeast Asian one is called Shop House. Yeah, go um, and tell me about this because in my mind, the pizza one already it makes sense. I go up, I tell you what I want on my pizza, you make the pizza go. What's no. this Asian thing about? The, the Southeast Asian one is going to be called Shop House, and they actually did a test market run of it in Washington D.C. in 2011 or since 2011. They are planning on rolling out 10 to 12 more of these Shop House. Things within the year, I think. Shop House is essentially just going to be um, Southeast Asian cuisine flavors and dining experience. It's going to be like an Asian rice bowl thing. Oh, maybe it'll be it's like not a stir be, fry. It's not going to be burrito based, right? So it's just going to be yeah. I think it'll be like maybe stir fry. I think they they basically just said it's going to be like rice bowl, mm-hmm. you know, directed. And um, I don't know. It just sounds good. Like I feel like as long as they have like the right ingredients and they have, um, they continue to have. One of the things they boasted in the article that I read was that they have boasted these really good relationships with local farmers. Yeah. And stuff. And it's, it's so if they can keep kind of um, massaging and, and caressing that relationship with them, that organic sh- cow. Yeah, making sure that they're you know getting. Um, the support from those kind of people and that those people are supporting them at the same time, then yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be really good. These um, will be separate chain stores, right? Yes. It's not going to be like Chipotle this. Or no, that. what they're thinking is, uh, I feel like they're probably going to want to provide, you know, like shop house and locale pizzeria is the name of the pizza place. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to want to be able to like surround their ch- existing Chipotle chains with yep. these areas so that they can kind of like almost dominate whatever area they're at. But, um, yeah, the, the pizzeria one has been tried in Denver and there's a, I actually read a comment from a girl in the article and she was like, if anyone's ever tried locale pizzeria, you know, this is going to be a success. Like, <laughs> they thought that it was awesome. So that was pretty cool. Uh, the thing the one thing that I thought was pretty cool about the locale pizzeria thing is they have a, um, rotating oven. And so they cook the pizza in two minutes. Yeah. It's like done really quick. So yeah, I was going to add, that probably means it's going to be like thin crust and I would think so. personal. I mean, that makes sense as Chipotle. You know, yeah. I wouldn't think they'd be making these big pan deep dish pizzas or it's anything. It's going to be like, just go in, get your pizza and get uh, out. Yeah. Um, actually, let's see. Well, There's a, mm, never mind. I don't really have anything else. But well, yeah. yeah, that excites me just because Chipotle to me is both comfort food and healthy food. It's like if I want, I can go get like a Mac Daddy burrito after <laughs> a long day or something, or I can go get a bowl that's actually pretty healthy. And it Chips sounds, healthy, yeah. yeah, and it sounds like I can do with, you know, especially with Asian ingredients and stir fry, you mm. can get some really healthy stuff there. Yeah. And if it's still packing the great flavors that Chipotle's got, you better bet I'm gonna be eating there yeah. all the time. And like, I think what they're doing is they just realized that they found a niche in like burritos and the the Mexican market kind of. 
Yep. And so they're going to try and exploit that same niche. Like they basically said, like we're going after the same customers. Like we're not going to try and change our customer base. We're just going to do what we're doing in different genres of food. Yeah. So, gonna so go to pizza, basically, gonna go to Asian. if I'm sick of eating Chipotle because I ate it for the last three meals, well, I'll just go to the other Chipotle places now. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So I, I knew you'd be excited about it. I think that it's probably going to deliver some pretty high quality stuff. The locale pizzeria is probably what I'm more excited about because I think they'll be able to put out some... Uh, some nice stuff. They actually are teaming up with these two restaurateurs. And um, the reason why they are basically going with the whole pizza thing is they're like, we just think that these two guys like know how to run a business and we like the way that they run it. And it's like a tight shift, you know? All that trust. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, this next one has got me pretty excited, um, especially with all of like the sci-fi that's been in movies recently and okay. leading up to Interstellar. <laughs> but um, NASA is currently researching deep sleep technology. So they're working with a firm called Spaceworks um, to look at putting astronauts into stasis for the 180-day trip to Mars. Uh, the astronauts will be placed in something called a tarper, which is just like a little thing, I guess, um, <laughs> which, would induce, pod. which would induce a hypothermia-like deep sleep. So basically, coolant would be delivered to the astronauts through the nose, lowering their body temperatures one degree Fahrenheit an hour. Um, okay. And when I so cryogenic sleep. Essentially. Yeah. When I read this, I was like, "Oh my God, the future is the now." The future is here. But what's really interesting too is this NASA Mars project is actually separate from the Mars One project, mm -hmm. which I had no idea. Re well. Why? I don't know. I mean, I guess Mars One is like its own private thing. Because, I mean, think about it. The last thing I heard about NASA was like, what, six years ago when I heard that, I guess, funding for it had been cut. I have no idea what NASA's been up to other than like maintaining the International Space System or Space Station. I feel like NASA's always existed, even though we kind of like were told that like, yeah, we're not funding them anymore. They don't exist anymore. They still exist. Like those people still meet up. They and go are, to like, work. There's people in NASA's offices yeah. right now. So, but it, it excites me that, one, they're, like, researching this crazy, insane new technologies. But, two, like, I also didn't realize we've gotten all these – we got the question from Chris about Mars 1, and now we're reading this about trips to Mars. I guess freaking Mars is, like, in humanity's sights, man. Dude, yes. We well, are we, aren't we going to do the Mars 1 project by, like, 2017? I, ho I, don't, I hope so. I Dude, thought that that was, like, the goal. If we can get a freaking American on Mars soon, it will be the best. Biggest point of just like nationalism and pride and just Seriously, greatness, dude. I mean, you know? the moon's one thing, but going to a freaking other planet is just so different. It's so Ugh. awesome. It would be what incredible. I, what I'm wondering is, I was actually telling somebody about the Mars One project, and I was like, dude, it was Jimmy. I was like, did you know that there are people that are like signing up their lives for a one way trip to Mars? And he's like, so what are they gonna do when they get there, man? And I was like, I don't know. Like, try and establish. He's like, are they gonna live in some bubble and like try and establish an atmosphere or something? And I was like, that sounds like it, but like no one's ever really said anything about that. Like, no one really knows how they plan to survive up there. You know, what yeah. is the plan? We should, yeah, we should do some research and see what's going on. Because, like I said, and until now, I've just been in the dark as far as what NASA's doing and the fact that it seems like we're so set on Mars, and I'm excited about it. Well, we should be. I mean, we're starting to get to a point in human evolution where, like, we're starting to outgrow the resources of the Earth. I think. Oh, I think if yeah. we're gonna if we're gonna like be serious about like prolonging the human race outside of the Earth, and yeah, like now. From between now and 2050 is going to be the time where we're really going to be putting a lot of resources, I think, into that. And there's so many... 
people or, that are privately wealthy that are putting in like SpaceX or whatever it is, like they're they're funding that shit and excited about it, you know. Or we could just stop using fossil fuels and not have to leave the planet. But <laughs> that's a whole other thing entirely. Well, we won't because we already uh, actually. Uh, I was on the last episode. We, was that on the last episode that we talked about that? What we talk about. The SpaceX, whether or not we would go or not? No, no, that was That, that was, was two episodes? Yeah, that was Chris's. Okay, yeah. We wouldn't go. No way. Screw you guys. <laughs> you go have fun on Mars. We'll stay here. All right, that's all, that's all that you got for news, right? For sure, yeah. Okay, so for my last... This one's a little quick one. I just wanted to give some insight. But, okay, um, we got time. A game called The Last Tinker has been canceled on Xbox One on the grounds that it didn't sell well enough on the PS4. Um, the studio Me 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 Productions, which is the worst name ever, <laughs> stated that the smaller install base was also a contribution to their, to their decision. Now, I wanted to talk about this because I f- thought this was interesting, right? Yes. We see on the PlayStation 4 right now that it's just nothing but indie game after indie game after indie game coming out, right? Right. Games like The Last Tinker. And from an Xbox One uh, fan's perspective, it's just like, well, crap, I'm not getting anything. But what this actually shows me is that the PS4 is almost becoming like a laboratory for successful games, where if this game didn't do well on the PlayStation 4, it didn't sell well enough for them to want to put the resources into moving it to Xbox One, maybe it's not a game that I even should want to have or should spend my money on. Right. So you could almost see the PlayStation 4 as like a filter to test games out on. They're like a test run. And if the games do well, then we'll bring them to Xbox, and then you'll get the good games as well. You, I mean, you could look at it like that. You also could just look at it as PlayStation being the one that's broached by you know, games that could be successful and could not be successful. I mean, I, I think the fact that PlayStation's name is in the game is is important as well. Not it, not just that this I don't I don't want to discount the fact that they're getting all the games, but I will also cite like the Wii. When the Wii came out, it was such it's a popular console and such a mad grab for money that these games with like six month development cycles that were just stupid things like Carnival Ride 15, where you can do this. <laughs> you can look around 360. They, they literally got the name Shovelware because there were so many of them, you would have to shovel them into a ditch to get rid of them all. Oh, man. And so I see this as like a less intense version of like Shovelware for the PlayStation 4 where they're getting so many games that it's almost becoming too much of a... They're flooding the market with all this stuff, so certain games are doing well. Right. And that might give Xbox One an advantage to see which games are the ones that are selling well in such a high competitive market on the PlayStation 4 and then take the ones that are successful only. Right, yeah. Let me see if I can almost like re-context the, the way you're trying to phrase it. Like, You think that maybe Microsoft is only kind of getting their hands involved with things that they're really positive, that they'll be profitable and will be successful on, whereas PlayStation is kind of just this open market, like... Anything provider goes. provider of games, and therefore anyone and everyone who wants to get their game out, PlayStation's a lot more willing to try and, you know, f- see a lot of different people's efforts and try and actually try them out and see if they're willing to, you know, if, if there's going to be a market for those kinds of games. So they're almost like, they're almost like a venture capitalist in a way because they're just like putting their money in certain different things and not really sure if any of them are going to pan out. Whereas like 
Microsoft is kind of waiting for the right one to come and putting their money in the things that they feel like will definitely be successful. I think that's what they can end up doing. I mean, with this first example, the studio themselves are the ones that decided not to come to Xbox One. It wasn't Xbox's decision. And largely, the PlayStation 4 isn't going out and like telling all these game companies to come to the console. They've just made it so easy to be on their console mm -hmm. that that's where they go first. Mm -hmm. But I think... What it can end up being is what you're saying, where Xbox is like, all right, fine, you're going to have all these games, but we're going to see which ones are doing well. And in six months, we're going to go to these studios, like, hey, you guys killed it on here. We're going to pay you money to localize your stuff for our system, and you bring it here too. Boom. You know? Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, that sounds that sounds like what Microsoft should be doing. If they don't have the larger market share as far as the console war went, and if they don't have, if they're not like regarded as the people that are going to provide game, like be the biggest game providers like PlayStation's kind of doing, then it seems like that should be kind of their strategy. Like, take take those winning horses and just bet on those winning horses, man. Like, don't just buy every horse and hope that every one of them is going to win. Yeah, and that was also their strategy in the last generation. Um, there was only maybe four or five different Xbox exclusives, and there was like 15 PlayStation 4, like big AAA exclusives, mm -hmm. but... For instance, there were 10 exclusive PlayStation games that came out in the year that Gears of War 3 came out. Mm. Gears of War 3 outsold all 10 of those combined. Combined. And one of those was Uncharted 2, which is like the one game that PlayStation owners are like, oh yeah, well you can't play Uncharted 2 because you have your Xbox. It's a huge <laughs> popular game and Gears of War still wiped the floor with it. Right, yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Well, yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, I think that... Um yeah, I guess actually I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, this last news story isn't really news as it is just kind of funny and sad in a little bit. Just a little blurp. I just wanted to throw this out there. It's sad, oh. So on Wednesday, a man in Arizona walked into his house after a long day of work, <laughs> and he was ready to prop up his feet, he's enjoy tired. a beer. God, man, he's tired. Enjoy the fuzzy pictures on his television. Mm-hmm. But his tranquil night of relaxation was totally ruined when 800,000 bees escaped his attic, attacked, and killed him. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Seriously. Like, I don't want to laugh at somebody's expense. That is an awful thing. But Jesus, that is... Beekeeper that sounds like a plague that God put on that person. Beekeepers found that the bees had been maintaining a hive in his attic for 10 years. Oh my God! How did it, do you never go in your attic ever? Or hear just a light? Yeah. If there's eight hundred thousand bees in your attic, you're definitely hearing some sort of buzz. Can you can you even imagine what eight hundred thousand bees would look, look like? Like, yeah, no, I cannot. It would probably fill up this entire house. Seriously, that we're in. You just. I bet that guy wished Dane Cook was there because he would punch every bee in the face. He would have called the exterminator. <laughs> yeah, maybe done a little. Could have been like a thirty-five ninety-nine. Price lifesaver. Well, here's the problem. You got 800,000 bees in your attic. <laughs> We're going to need to take care of that. It's going to be a couple of days for that to go it's down. It's going to be about a cent and a half per bee for us to extinguish. You're going to want to leave the country while we're doing this. <laughs> all right, man. Well, that's all of witty banter. Let's go ahead and take a half time and um, see what we can think about Let's these Let's do it. All right. This is witty banter. Don't forget to follow us at witty banter show on Twitter. And shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. All right, man, we're back, and we've spent a lot of quality time with this beer. We've got on a couple dates. We're doing, like, we pick, we, we knock on the door when we pick them up. Are we, we like, on a third date? Or? I think we're a second date. 
We just had our second date. Okay. We're thinking about the We're third date. We're getting excited about the third which date. Which means this beer has done well enough to hang around for the third date. It does. Hunter, how do you feel about this beer as far as like the dates have gone? If I could put my like one-sentence summary on this beer right now, it's everything that I want out of a pumpkin beer. Yeah. You know, it's, it's light. It's, um, it has all of the flavor with... Again, it seriously tastes like there's like a crust of a pumpkin pie in this. It's insane. It's awesome. And it like it totally complements the pumpkin spices and stuff that they threw in there and or pumpkin flavorings that they threw in there to almost seem like it's a crust on top of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. you, you feel like you're drinking a pumpkin pie and that's awesome. Like that's exactly what I think of, of when I whenever I buy a pumpkin ale. So for that like just that alone that gives me a huge head start as for really liking this beer. Um, it has a pretty good body. It's like eight point. We never even said the alcohol by volume. It's eight point six. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. It's pretty Damn. high alcohol by volume, so it has good body. No wonder um, I'm feeling so loose. While it does have a very pronounced uh, spice and flavoring portfolio, it's not so much to as kind of like make you draw back, and it doesn't stick on your tongue for so long that you know you regret it. Yep. You know, it's 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 a pretty short. Taste profile, I like it, man. What I'll use to add to that is it smells like pumpkin pie, it tastes like pumpkin pie, and the spices that come through really do make it feel like there's a crust there, but there's that underlying vanilla, which is is carrying me through the whole beer. Which I never really have even considered with a pumpkin, but it's great. It makes this creaminess that, like, it's almost as once the beer hits your tongue and you get the initial pumpkin pie... And then it's flowing through to the aftertaste to where it gives you the aftertaste of crust. A little bit of cream. The underlying basis that draws you through the whole thing is the cream. Yeah. And it the vanilla, vanilla and it's so good. Vanilla paste. I'm loving this beer, dude. <laughs> I am too, dude. All right. Well, do we have a uh, segment to do today? Oh, we do. Let me get out the phone because I it, got it on my phone. Uh, you got one ready for us? We got Dopey Definition. Oh, a fan favorite. We're busting out the Dopey Definition. You guys use like big words. Dopey definitions. All right. So if anybody doesn't know this game, basically we go out and one of us will look uh, and find some really funny words. We'll find words that sound funny and or their definitions are very funny. Dopey words. And we have five words. And say if I'm the proctor, I will give Chase five words and he will do his best. And every once in a while I give him hints if they're really hard. He'll do his best to try and find the best definition for it. And we will come to a conclusion as to whether he got his definition right or wrong. If he gets three right, he wins. If I get, if he gets three wrong, then I win. So, all right, man. What are the words today? Today's first word for dopey definition. Now you're gonna start with like hard or like soft to no, hard. No, there's just... no, there's no order. I was just trying to not be alphabetical. Okay. Well, <laughs> because in the past, I kind of just like found lists and they were all alphabetical. So I'd be like B, C, D, and F. So it's know? an anti-order. Yeah, it's anti-order. It's I'm like not part anti, of anti-disestablishmentarianism. I'm know? not part of your society. <laughs> I don't follow your thoughts and rules. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the first word for double definitions today is boglish. Boglish. Yes. Boglish. Mm-hmm. Well, boglish is an in- interesting one. Um, it sort of just sounds gross. 
It's really nasty. Okay, that's uh, like a directionally correct. And I think of a bog naturally, like okay. a swamp area. Mm-hmm. So what boglish is is when you go to like a real backwoods area. I'm talking like the swamps of Louisiana, and they probably haven't read a book in 62 years, and they're trying to talk to you and like, yeah, we're going to down, and they're speaking boglish. I so, can't. So you're thinking that like what they produce and what they're saying to you is boglish. It's like a dialect. It's like a muddy, gross, just I don't even know what you're saying. Dialect. That's boglish. Okay. You were close. You were brimming on it. Okay. But I think you might have been wrong here. All this right. is the definition. To be uncertain, doubtful, or a wee bit skittish about something. God, I'm feeling pretty boglish about that test. Like that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I did my best. <laughs> you're close. Yeah. You're definitely like brimming on the side of it because you were saying like uncertain. Yeah. Kind of stuff like that. Okay. So the second one, I thought this was funny. This is actually, they said it was a Scottish word, is wabbit. Wabbit? <laughs> yeah. W A B B I T. Not what Elmer Fudd I was about to say. Not what Elmer Fudd goes and hunts, you know, when it's the season. But, uh, yeah. So, I will tell you this. It is um, an adjective. It's not a noun. So, you would say, like, this guy is wabbit or something. You know, like, you an adjective. It's an adjective to describe nouns. Wabbit is a synonym for rabid. Okay. <laughs> Basically, these people came over and they had a really hard time learning Scottish. And they were trying to say, there's a rabid dog over there. But instead, like, there's a wabbit dog over there. The wabbit dog. And they couldn't do it. <laughs> so I'm saying like wabbit, impediments. <laughs> wabbit just means like super f- feral and like crazy and ravenous. That's wabbit. <laughs> okay. Wrong. <again>. Oh. <laughs> It means exhausted or slightly unwell. <laughs> I'm like, oh, an example I'm is so wabbit right I'm now. Feeling, ragged. I'm, I'm feeling a bit wabbit. Oh, I could have <laughs> gone that way with it too. Damn it! All right, that's fine. After Bring you it got on. that one wrong. I bet you're feeling a bit wabbit. You know what? That and this beer are making me feel quite wabbit. Okay, so this one is. Uh, I'm gonna skip the order around. Um, <laughs> playing it on the fly. So this one is quag swag. Quag swag. <laughs> yes. Holy hell. It is a verb, okay? And let's say that you can do this with, like, a food product. A food product? Yeah, you could do... You could quag swag a food product. Okay, so we're in the depths of a kitchen right now. Line chefs are everywhere. We're all super sweaty. The chef is yelling at us. We just got a tin top that just got sat, and they just put in an order for like 12 appetizers. Shit. Meanwhile, we got like five other tables who want entrees. We are booked. All right, and we're like, dude, we got to go. We got to be on the move right now. I need you to quag swag me this salad over here. Go ahead and get this appetizer going. Quag swag it to me. When you're quag swagging food, you're moving at like an incredible pace. You're probably making mistakes, but you have got your eye on the prize, and it's all about efficiency and quickness. Okay, I'm going to give you that one. Okay. okay. Quag swag means to, sh- to shake back and forth, which for me means to move very fastly. Okay. Therefore, we're going to give you that one. Yeah, boom, that's and a just point. just for the sake of the game, you know? <laughs> I don't want to win that, that quickly. But, a quacks, but yeah, quag swag, was, the definition was to either shake back and forth or move around. Quickly. Okay. So, yeah. yeah there yeah, you go. Right. It's a verb, you know? Yeah. Moving actions. There you go. Bing. Number four. Rimbombo. Rimbombo? <laughs> this is a noun, okay? And you can source, associate a rimbombo with a war. 
Somehow. With a war. Yes. Rimbombo. It's a noun. Think about if you're going to look at a battle scene and you were going to use a rimbombo to describe the battle scene, what do you think you would use to describe that? So before you threw in the war thing, I immediately thought rimbombo was a dance. I was like, let's all do the rimbombo. Definitely not. But now as a battlefield sort of landscape, I'm thinking a rimbombo is like a bird's nest position where it's like on the top of a hill. It's a strategic point, And we're like, man, we're going to get slaughtered if those wizards up there keep holding that rimbombo. <laughs> we got to get our archers over here to stop that wizard up there on the rimbombo pit. <laughs> so that the rimbombo is like a strategic, a strategic area advantage on a war field. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chase, but uh, that was that was slightly slightly wrong. Well, that's gay. It is the sound of a booming roar. Oh, okay. So a rimbombo could have also been like a stadium or a, a big bomb that went off. The fans are in a state of total rimbombo. Yeah, I when I when I the reason I said the war thing is like if you see you know if you have like cannons firing off like a rimbombo of sound. mortar shells yeah, and stuff. You know. Okay, I can dig that. Uh, do you want to go ahead and do the fifth? Oh, of course I do. Okay, I gotta save my pride or put it even further into the dirt. <laughs> I have a, a South African one that I could use. I'm gonna blow that off. Yeah, I'm saying f that. We don't want to do that. I have another one that means a fat person. Blow that off. <laughs> Damn it. So this one's this one is uh, this one's a little interesting. This one's called a satutery. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> and it is a noun. It's it's think of it as a place. Okay. Okay. It's a place, and think of the word quite literally. Satutery. Satutery. Okay. Well, a satutery. This is pretty simple. All right. Satuteries are found in gymnasiums. And they're much like saunas, okay? <laughs> but instead of going into a sauna to get sweaty and, like, decompress after your workout, you go in, into a satutery to sit down and toot with your buddies. <laughs> it's a place where you just worked out really hard and you couldn't really allow yourself to fart because you didn't want to accidentally <laughs> poop your pants. You're doing a lot of weight on squat. That would be a sapoopery. That'd be a sapoopery. You don't want that. <laughs> so instead, you go into the satutery with all your buddies, and you just let out all the flatulence you can, and then you go home, you Jeez. cook yourself a ni- nice meal, and you're done. That's a satutery. <laughs> I think I told you to look at it too literally. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that before you even said that, buddy. Okay. A satutery is actually a summer house or a gazebo, and the second, the second different uh, definition of it is an out-of-the-way corner to sit with your partner during a dance. Okay. I was close. So it's like, God, man, I'm sweating from all this, uh, all this hot heat and body sweat. From all the rimbombo. Let's get out of here. Go, go check out that satutery over there. <laughs> I see that this place has sequestered a nice little satutery over I there. I guarantee you that if you say that to your woman dance partner, she'll be totally into you. She's like, oh, my God, you're You words. know what a satutery is? And then she's like, wait a second. <laughs> you must listen to witty banter. <laughs> Are you a witty banter fan? And then they get married, and we're at the wedding, and that's the that's the grasp of witty banter. The guy nation. responds like, "Wait, witty banter? You mean like bitter beep And then they're like bitter boop, and they only <laughs> speak in beeps the rest of the night, or at their honeymoon. Exactly. They're like, Jeez. "Hey, baby, can you bit up meet me over here with the boops?" It's like, "I'm Do right you on take page. her to be your lovely wedded life." Bitter beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speak now, or forever hold your peace. Bitter beep what just happened? <laughs> Where am I? Witty Banner just happened. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and round out the show with a little mailbox. Nick, Nick, Nick. Let's go ahead and check Nick's mail corner. 
It's Nick's Mail Corner. All right, so Nick wrote in, as he always does, and he says, What's up, bingo bongos? Let's keep it mad casual today. When's the last time you got in trouble with the law or just a cool getting out of a speeding ticket story will do? As always, don't snitch at glitch pitchers. <laughs> That's a good question. So I feel like we have both had a lot of history with run-ins. With the, we're basically the worst criminals you could ever meet. Uh. <laughs> so... Filter yourself, Hunter. I don't want to hear about the time you murdered so-and-so. Yeah, I got your, some skeletons. The you drug know. ring that you ran for a while. Yeah. Give me give me some <laughs> little little cop stories. What I'll tell you is this is something that I thought was a cop story, and it wasn't a cop story. It was a fake cop story. Oh, my God. I'm so gonna... I went to um, – I, I was in a fraternity at the University of Texas. All right. And it it's my senior year. It's like arguably – the last party as a fraternity member that I'm going to go to. It's the party. Yeah, it's there. It's actually like the biggest party that we have all year. So I'm there. Okay. And uh, we always, it's kind of weird whenever you go to fraternity parties because like you have to provide security, but the cops will not be down to be like on, on duty and providing security for a party where there's like clearly probably underage kids drinking. So mm-hmm. we like provide our own security and the, the security that we provide are, is like this group of people that I still to this day do not know if they're real cops or if they're quote unquote off duty cops, but they dress up like cops. Right. And they sit at the door. They have badges or anything? They have like, they have like, I don't know, man. Like I never really asked for their badge or anything. Right. But they basically look the part and they act the part and stuff, and you're not gonna just like you know just be like talking crap to them. Sup, little little buddies that a blanket you got there. So yeah, <laughs> so there's this one party where I was like talking to some people outside on our uh, basketball court, and like I guess the party was starting to get over, and it was like 2 a.m. And the guy comes out on the basketball court, one of the one of the cops or whatever, comes out on the basketball court. He's like, y'all need to get out of here or whatever. Like, party's over or whatever. And, you know, I'm feeling a little tipsy. I'm, I'm 21. I'm above 21, yeah. so I'm legally allowed to drink there. also your party. Yeah, it's also my party that we freaking paid those people to mm-hmm. be securing us for. Exactly. And um, I'm just, like, talking to this girl. Like, I, I, I'm not, like, completely disregarding what this guy's saying, but I'm not, like, responding super fast but to what this guy's I don't guy's care saying. if you're a cop. Or if you're the president, no one's getting in the way of my game. Like, the only thing that's really going to, that I'm really going to do to to follow your directions is move 10 feet this way. And does that really make you that much happier, bro? <laughs> so I'm like, continue to talk to this girl. And he's like, hey, man, you need to get out of here. And I was like, dude, get off me, bro. Because one, I knew that this guy wasn't a real cop. And two, right. um, I wasn't doing anything. So you can't just be coming up to me and using physical force like that. Telling me what to do. And so he sees my flail. And he raises me and basically tries to straight up, like, put me in a lock. He basically, like, grabs me by the back of my forearms and just, like, puts him behind my back. And I'm like, dude, get the hell off me or whatever. And I, like, try and go up against a tree and just, like, I'm grabbing up against a tree as hard as I can. Like, dude, don't freaking touch me, man. Like, I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to be, like, hurting. This was a scuffle. Yeah, no, it was was definitely, like, a physical altercation. Holy hell. And he was trying to, like, restrain me and stuff, and I was, like, against a tree, just, like, being like, dude, please let me go. I'm not even doing anything to you right now. You're just freaking out, thinking that I'm doing something. <laughs> and I was like, I'll let go of the tree if you will let me go. 
And he was like, all right, whatever. And then, like, right when I let go of the tree, he freaking puts my hands behind my back and puts me on the ground, puts his knee on my on the back of my head, no. and puts me in handcuffs. No. It puts me in real handcuffs. And so... How did this at, end? At the point... At this, at this point in the story, I'm thinking that, like, well, maybe these guys are actually real cops and blah, 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 blah. Basically, it ended by me being like super freaked out because what the way that he put it is like he was trying to go on with him being a real cop for like 15 minutes being like you tried to assault an officer you're going to jail man you're going to blah 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 like we're going to be filing all this real big power stuff trip on you super duper power trip and i'm starting to like freak out i was like i was thinking my future's over you know I yeah, was like right? Any if you really seriously person. do get caught on a assaulting a police officer charge then like you're screwed yep so i'm like freaking out and it's very apparent that i'm like losing it like, I am just not in a good mind state at all. I'm, like, begging these people, like, please just let me go. I didn't even do anything. Like, I don't even know why I'm here, hardly. And he finally, like, let me go or whatever. But he was just, it was just the ultimate source. Like, I, again, I still, to this day, do not even know if that guy was a real cop. Like, I basically... I don't think he was. I don't think he was either. And and whenever I started looking up um, stuff online about, like, being a fake cop and, like, using the forces of a cop in order to, like, restrain somebody like that when you're not actually a cop, like, that's straight-up felonies. Yeah, that's dude. super illegal. And, like, I was mad to the point where I was about to, like, call whatever company it was or whatever, you know, whoever was in charge of that group of people and be like... I'm going to file a suit against you. I think that what you did was straight up felony worthy. I think I could have, if I would have followed up on it, that guy would have had two years worth of jail time. Damn. Straight up, man. That's ridiculous. I got, I got screwed though. Like I really, really, really did not do anything. I didn't attack this guy and he took completely like put me in handcuffs, made me feel like I was going to go to jail. It was awful. I think the fact that he took you out of the handcuffs and let you go is, it was him trying to like teach me a lesson. No, it's the biggest um, indicator that he wasn't a policeman. You know, because right? like, when a policeman does that, like you're gonna get in the car and you're gonna go. Yeah. And that guy was just seriously trying to, you know, by teach you a lesson, quote unquote, he'd stroke his own freaking power. Right. Radio. And the thing that was even so bad about it was it wasn't only just the guy, but he had like a whole crew with him that were like, "Oh, you think you're a badass?" Blah blah blah. Like talking shit to me. Like, this whole time that I'm, like, freaking out about my future and my bit professional career and all these different things, like, basically just making me feel like I'm an asshole when they're, like, the definition <laughs> yeah, of a butthole, you know? Well, that's ridiculous. So uh, that was probably, yeah, the worst altercation I had with cops or fake cops ever. Yeah. So for my story, I just want to say that I've been pulled over in my car four times. Okay. And I've only gotten four warnings. I am just like the luckiest dude in the world. I've gotten pulled over three times and gotten three tickets. <laughs> so I've never gotten. Chase is the luckiest person in the world. I, I say that every day. I completely agree. In fact, and we'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> but the fifth time I got pulled over, I was in the car with Steven, our good friend. Okay. And I get pulled over, right? Basically, I'm at a stoplight and this cop just comes up like blistering speed, pulls up behind me. I'm like, wow, was this cop going for me? Pulls me over after this, the, the light, and he comes up, and he's like, your license registration? He's being super short. He's very, like, he's on edge. Like you can tell. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm a little freaked out. He's asking me, like, where have you been driving? What are the, uh, what are the roads you've been taking? And, like, I somehow, I just think in a moment of panic, panic and adrenaline was like, I took a left on this. I took a right on here, blah, blah. I gave him, like, perfect directions. At this point in time, Stephen looks over at me, and he's like, dude, you got a lot of freaking heat on you right now. I turn around, look at my rearview mirror. There's like three bicycle cops, 
two cop cars and like four to six other cops with their guns drawn. <laughs> what? Their guns are drawn? Guns are drawn. <laughs> oh my God. And the bike cops are like walking all around the car, looking at the car and stuff. And the guy's like, have you been in an accident recently? And I was like, um, yes, I was in an accident a couple months ago. This guy, blah, blah, blah. Turns out this guy in the city of Austin driving my exact same model of car <laughs> hit a pedestrian and ran. Oh, my God. And they thought it was me. Dude, that's so scary. And so end of the day, I got let off the hook. But in my own conscience, I was like, man, some jackass just got out of there because they came after me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you were like the distraction. I was, let that guy go. I know, man. It was, and not on your own fault. It's because the police. It was it was a bummer, but it was a <laughs> scary moment. It was like one of the first times I hung out with Steven. I was like, hi, welcome to my life, you know? <laughs> anyway. Trust me, dude, this is not normal. Well, thank you, Nick, for the question. Um, Nick emails in every week because we love him and he's a badass, and he always emails to wittybantershow at gmail.com, just like you can. If you would like us to answer a question of yours on air, we'd be proud to do it. We pretty much get no emails. So if you email in, <laughs> yours is a shoe in. Yep. We will talk about whatever you have to say for at least 10 minutes. Bro. Exactly. Seriously. <laughs> and five minutes of that will be us stroking your ego. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Hunter, let's put some numbers on these beers, man. Okay. I'm I want down. you to go first. I'm down to do that. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Get the last little, uh, last little sip in there. Mm-hmm. Got to be sure. Got to be. I actually have a little something in my beer, unfortunately. That's called the magic. <laughs> It's more like dust. It's Woody. Um, oh, that's Mark Wahlberg droppings. <laughs> you can't bring that on a Woody Banner, man. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I've given him a channel to infiltrate our show. Okay, so I'm not going to really do a whole lot of reiterating. I feel like, you know, the people that have been listening to the show probably understand how I feel about it. It is super pumpkin-y. It tastes like a pumpkin pie. There is that sort of base sort of like vanilla cream underneath it that just makes it Pulls it all together, honestly. Yeah. Great body, great alcohol by volume, content. Um, it's it's nice to look at. I'm going to give this... Wait, wait, wait. Before you put a number on it. Okay. Remember, we're going to be giving these numbers as just a realm as, of in the pumpkin beers, right? In the pumpkin beers, yes. So that's, if that's it's our favorite pumpkin beer we've ever had, that means it's a 10, correct? Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't want to say... I, I when I think of ten, I think of ten as almost like something that can't be reached. I think of ten as like it doesn't matter. Like you're, if I give this a ten, I'm basically saying that like no pumpkin beer will ever ever beat this. Right, and we haven't had enough pumpkin beers to really say that exactly. But okay, well anyway, so just, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this. I just wanted to give context to, to this the, rating system. Yes. Yes. Okay. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm gonna do. Usually we kind of go for like an overall experience and don't really try to get into the specific genres of beers, you know. This time I think we really want to kind of cater it to pumpkin beers. So I'm gonna give this a nine. Perfect. I, I really, really like this beer. It is the honestly like the perfect pumpkin beer for me, man. I like I can't really imagine that many more things being added into a beer such as this that would make it better, you know? So a nine is so as good as you're going to get. I'm going to match you. I'm going to give it a nine as well. Um, I think this beer is amazing. You know, it smells like a pumpkin pie that just came out of an oven. It tastes like a pumpkin pie that just came out of the oven. And the aftertaste um, tastes like pie crust. And the whole time it's super smooth because of its high alcohol and its vanilla. The one thing, I almost gave this beer a nine five. 
Now, the one thing that held me back from it is I still get this weird tinge of like a sweetness or something towards the end of the aftertaste. It's like after the crust is there, Mm -hmm. there's this weird little thing that like I honestly am not not really digging too much. It's like it's like oh so good and whoa. Okay. But this beer is still amazing. If you like pumpkin beers, do yourself a favor and go buy this beer now. Yeah, now you don't have to have uh, pre- preconceived notions about this beer to Yeah, you, man. Southern Tier, you killed it, and I'm looking forward to drinking more of your stuff. Good job, guys. Okay, well, that's all of the banter. Mm-hmm. We pretty much are about to have to get ourselves into a state of war because... Yeah, we... why don't you tell them what we're about to do tonight, dude? So I'm wearing my sword shirt right now. <laughs> I wish I had a sword shirt. I'm just wearing a guitar shirt. Well, you'll be getting one tonight. <laughs> the little thing is going down tonight. There is a secret show in Austin. It's like a tiny little venue, only holds like 75 people. Do and you the, know the venue, by the way? It's called Scoot Inn. It's on East 4th Street. Never it's just like a small it. little event place. Okay. I looked it up, tiny. Um, and this place called Do 512 was doing a promotion where it was like, e- give us your email and you might get tickets. Well, Darian knows someone who works there, got both of our names on the list, so now we're going to go see the sword at this tiny little place for free. Beam. Hunter's first sword concert. Yeah, I've I'm seen excited. them four times. They're amazing. And I am so stoked that Hunter's about to see this band. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's killing me. Yeah, it was just my birthday, so it's almost kind of like a birthday present. Exactly. You know? It's like, good. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> you see it that way. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's great, man. All right. Well, that's all of the witty banter. Let's go ahead and start the plugathon. The plug vomit? You can find... <laughs> <Damn>. Blue! <laughs> Okay, uh, you can find Witty Banter on iTunes, or search Witty Banter, and then hit subscribe every week when we have a new episode. It'll show up in your download skew for free. We're on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Go give us a like. We're at 95. We're so close to 100. And there you can keep up, keep up with the show when we have new episodes or new videos. You can also find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, search Witty Banter, episode whatever. You'll see our horribly ugly faces on there talking about stuff we don't know about. (laughs) And then lastly, we just have WittyBanterShow.com, where if you don't use iTunes, you can still download the episode straight from there. Pretty clutch. Um, We're on Twitter. You can follow us. We're at Witty Banter Show. I, myself, am at at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Yes, sir. And before we go, I want you to plug your song that you just released. Great. Before he does, I just want to let you know, this song that Hunter just recorded is easily, in my opinion, his best work yet. It's a cover, but it easily bests the song that it covered. It is gorgeous. It's the prettiest song I've heard in a long time. You have to go listen to it. Where can we Jeez, find it? That is, a, that is an intro. Uh, yeah, we can find it at soundcloud.com slash Hunter Dorset. Or basically, if you go to SoundCloud and type in uh, Hunter Dorset, you will find all my songs. It's under the song Latch. Um, yeah, I can't take full credit for it, though. I mean, my, my friend Forrest is probably 50-50 as far as the effort that was put into it. We worked on it for and like two months. And it sounds amazing. Worked on it for like two months. We had like professional recording equipment and he stuff. He did it such was, a good job. He really did. Like, I'm, I mean, that's, that is the reason why I'm feeling like there's such a big difference between what I used to put out by myself and like collaborating with Forrest. You know, I'm, I'm having a lot more feedback, a lot better feedback now. And I think that Forrest's little touch was like a huge... It's huge there. reason for it. So um, We're also going to put the song on just the Witty Banter feed for the podcast. So when you're done listening, be on the lookout and you will see just a song show up. Go ahead and click it or go ahead and press it and listen to it. It is. It, do yourself a favor. It is so good it's stupid. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> okay, well, that's everything. We're going to go ahead and get off the air and get ready for the sword. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Texas better beat OU. Yep. I'm your host, Chase Williams, and for Hunter Dorsett, we are out. Have a good one, guys. Beep, boop. Beep, boop. Beep, 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 beep,